0: Exsurge Deus de inimici eius at facie eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michal Arcangela, defend the Nosum Proelio, contra nequitiamit insidias, diabolias de praesidium. Imperatilidea supplicus de percamur, duke princeps militae calestis, Satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, ad perditionam animarum, pervegantur in mundo, divina virtute in infernum de trude. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Speculum justitiae, ora pro nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi Ave Maria Purissima, immaculato conceptio est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. As I record this, this is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And I have to tell you, that I, as, in particular, as I've become more and more traditional, I love Marian feast days more and more. <clears throat> and in part, it's because we don't share them with the rest of the people who claim to follow Christ, because we've also seen very much what they've done to all the other holidays. but in particular i find that i can't do anything that but marvel at what the immaculate conception has done in my life and has done for me <clears throat> there is one moment one moment that sticks out in my mind beyond all others. I was in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And before I actually finish telling this story, let me just add the caveat that um, most of the time I'm actually too stupid to follow her advice. But I was in front of the uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament and I was lamenting um, a recent periodic fall into uh, into a habitual sin, and she said three words, and I found this actually interesting because some years later I would find I would find that one of the ways that you can kind of tell a uh, a Marian apparition. From, you know, usually garbage is because the Blessed Mother never says a whole lot. She's very clear. She's concise. She's very much straight to the point. And it was this way with the three words that she said to me. She simply said, call on me. That's it. That's it. I'm begging. I'm crying. I'm wondering what it is that I can do. I'm pleading with the Lord. I'm pleading with the Blessed Mother. And three words. Call on me. And I'll never forget it. Now, I wish I would you know, have the clarity of mind when falling into all of, all of those pitfalls and and tripping over all of those stumbling blocks. I really wish that I had the presence of mind to remember to do so. But that's perfectly her way. And her way is very clearly perfect. It was, you know, very clear, concise. Call on me. That's it. She didn't call on me and I'll help you. Call on me and I'll walk you through. Call on me, whatever, yada, yada, yada. She didn't spend a whole lot of time. Three words. Call on me. In the sweetest, most melodic musical voice I have ever heard in my life. And such a brief touch. Such a brief touch. And you can kind of tell all of the people who haven't had, or more in particular, who aren't looking for something so sublime. Because. It's almost like when, when you're talking about, you know, the dogmas related to the blessed mother, when they talk about him, assuming they don't try to contradict him outright, they just concede. It's a concession. It's not, it's not that full love, in you know, emphatic. And by the way, you can also tell the people who can manage to get along without it, you know, (laughs) um because they already absolutely love her. But everybody who's maybe not on that level, you can always tell. And I bring this up not to talk, oh, hey, you know, the Blessed Mother talked to me. Nothing like that. Um, in fact, actually, i tried to go as long as possible with the podcast without actually ever mentioning it. The, um, but given that I'm recording this on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and I was reading a post that had a quote from, from Pope Francis And the, post, the quote was not quite... So, <clears throat> let me back up a little bit. If you take time out to look when the Pope is talking about something, he uses negative argument, which is to say, anything he's not focused on, he denies. So, for example talking about the Archangel Gabriel when he says, Hail, full of grace. And this is literally the sum total of the quote as he's as he's talking about, it, because he's focused on the word grace. And he's, in his discussion, he's focused on a particular aspect of what grace is is it's not it's very clearly not the full sum total of what grace is you can tell um and he manages to throw a little bit of shade at everybody who follows and absolutely loves dogma and tradition and all of the day teachings particularly about the blessed mother because he manages to throw just a little bit of shade at them because he's focused on what he's focused on about grace And he says, grace is beauty. But he goes in leading up to his point of grace is beauty. He says, the angel doesn't say to her, hail full of intelligence. Hail full of virtue. Hail full of, like he doesn't do any of that. He says, hail full of grace. And then he kind of throws shade at all of the people who you know, seem to read in all of the things, but taken when it comes to the statement of fact, the angel Gabriel didn't show up and say, hail, full of virtue. He didn't say, hail, full of intellect. He didn't say, hail, full of anything else. He said, hail, full of grace. <clears throat> and I noticed because I'd actually just read like two or three um, other quotes and, and actually just watched a short video clip of the Pope talking. And he literally did the ex- each one a different topic, but he literally did the exact same thing. He goes, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's this. <clears throat> he discounts all of the other things that, in taken in the total context of the story, absolutely apply so when we say hail full of you know when we talk about the blessed mother being full of grace we understand intrinsically she is full of virtue. she is the she is the conception of the perfection like she is the perfection of all virtues she is the perfection of wisdom she's the perfection of humility she's she's the perfection like it doesn't really matter what angle you come at the blessed mother from she's perfect She is the perfect creation and the exemplar of everything that humankind was supposed to be in a state of grace. Now, the Holy Father lacks the faith He said patently, materially, uh, materially heretical things time and time again. He's actually he's actually very many time, very many times gotten to the point where you could actually make the case of apostasy without a doubt. But in thinking about how he poses his discussions and the things that traditionalists get caught up on, like. I mean, immediately we'll send our hackles up. Our hair will start to spike. Like, I mean, we get really, really just frothy at the mouth, wrathful. And he does it. He does it in such a way that it's like catnip to trads where it's like, where, where we immediately we lunch for it. We're like heresy and it's not false because taken even in the context of what he's saying, you go, Hey, you're leaving a lot of things that are not true in there and you're sort of downplaying all of the other things that are true and trying to make it so that they don't look like they're also true yes grace is beauty but about the blessed mother there's uh I forgot who it was who said it but one of the great saints said about the blessed mother not enough can be said there is not enough there's not enough praise there's there's not enough there's There's not enough. What's the word I'm looking for? Gracious. Oh, that's why. Because there's not actually, there's not a word for it. There's just not enough that can be said. We know. Conceived without sin. Without the stain of original sin. We know that she alone in creation Since Adam and Eve alone in creation, created without the, without the stain of original sin. We know this. We know that she is the expression of the perfection of humility. We know she is the expression of the perfection of chastity she's the expression of perfection of prudence and justice and all of the virtues she she's it 64 virtues and she's perfect in all of them <clears throat> we know she is the queen of heaven and earth we know she is the mediatrix of all graces we know although the church has not officially codified it yet we know that she is the co-redemptrix that her cooperation was absolutely necessary for the redemption of all mankind and without it we without it there's no Jesus or at least there's a Jesus but it's certainly not with her with like without it it's kind of a big it's kind of a big rip and deal And we can tell that obviously the Holy Father doesn't agree. And we can also tell that either the Holy Father doesn't know what a day-fee-day teaching is, or he doesn't care. And both of those are very, very horrifying statements to be able to make. Those are horrifying statements to make. It, it, It leaves me significantly more unsettled. Than I think I would normally be under, you know, given anybody else. But the thing that makes it most impressive. Is how he can say these things. And we already know he likes to troll us. We already know he likes to get that response from us. And, and without fail, we do respond that way. As well we should. He says, we shouldn't be heaping all these titles on her. They're hers. There's no one. There's no other human being created. Worthy of all of the titles that we heap on her. And she most certainly is worthy of all of those titles. We know he lacks the supernatural, uh, the the grace of supernatural faith. We know in most cases, well, I'll say, we know he lacks the Catholic understanding of what the faith is supposed to be. That, that, Whatever it is that you really... Like, wherever it is you want to slide in what his belief system is, that that's perfectly fine, but you cannot actually slide it under a Catholic understanding of what the faith is supposed to be. But at some point, we kind of have to back up and measure. Because given what he's said in... Well, on airplanes and and on several occasions. He wants us to be like he's told us already. He's aware of the fact that he pushes the line. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to make sure that he pushes us to where he can sit. He's trying to push us to stand in the same position that Galileo stood in in the same position that Girolamo Savonarola stood in. That's that's where he's trying to push us. He's trying to push us to to a point where we break off and he doesn't have to break us off. I think somewhere in his mind, he's conscious of the fact that if he declares the Society of St. Pius X to be heretical, or schism or in schism if if he actually makes the declaration somewhere in there he knows he's wrong and i think he's trying to push us to a point where we make the declaration so he doesn't have to because if we make the declaration that we're in schism then we're in schism i mean that's pretty pretty easy If we leave and we go to the Eastern Orthodox, well, the Eastern Orthodox doesn't have to put up with all this crap. Yeah, cool. But the Eastern Orthodox is actually officially in schism, and that kind of puts you in sort of a a, a kind of a much more difficult spot to be in. Are there Eastern Orthodox post schism who are who are saints? Yes, quite clearly. But in the aftermath of the great western schism can you count them? Do you know who they are? And if and even if you do know who they are compare that to the west compare the numbers of the people that we that we've been able to keep a track of and record and know that these are most definitely saints in heaven. Now, I don't know what the proportion is. And I wouldn't risk, well, to be honest, I wouldn't risk it being fewer because that would be terrifying. Because if it is fewer, And we already have, we already are fully aware of how thin and narrow the path is for us to get, for us to get into heaven in communion with the Holy Father. It's just not a risk I'd be willing to take. My whole focus is get to heaven. It's pretty much it. I don't want to make the road any more difficult for myself than I already know that it is. I don't want to make it dip more difficult for me to receive the graces that I am in constant desperate need for, especially when given the state of the church, the graces are clearly they're flowing to be sure. Um, But they're harder to find. They're harder to see. They're harder to notice. I mean, like, no joke. If I if, <clears throat> if I knew for a fact that there was a fountain, like a physical fountain, and instead of water, or even in the water, out of it, like the water was actually transubstantiated to the phys- to the physical manifestation of grace, I would drown myself in it on purpose. I would nail a chain tied to me under the flow just to get to heaven. I'd quit my job. I'd spend all my last money. I'd spend the last of my money getting there. And you would never extract me from under all other considerations be damned. I feel like I almost just challenged God and like he's going to pop one up in the middle in the, in the middle of the desert in Montana and I'm going to have to prove it. <clears throat> and I got to be perfectly honest with you. Um, probably will. Probably will. I don't know. I am actually a rather stupid human being. So if there's a distinctive possibility, I'd be like, oh, that couldn't possibly be true. So, I mean, you know, let's be real. (laughs) Let's be real. Humans are stupid and I'm, you know, (laughs) only human. The, um, I mean, I can't, uh, well, anyway, um, I forgot the I forgot where I was good lord Sorry I was distracted by the idea that there would be a fountain out of which the water was actually physically manifested grace It's <clears throat> actually thinking what all I would have to actually do to get out there for it Um <clears throat> But we have a tendency to respond to everything that he says, and we do it like catnip. And he's comfortable with the fact that he knows none of us can officially declare him in schism. None of us can officially declare him. And even the best of the bishops and cardinals, I mean, they could send a dubia, but it's been four years. And they still haven't convened something to get the Pope to answer the dubia on Amoris Laetitia, which they've just begun celebrating the fifth anniversary of Amoris Laetitia. <clears throat> And so there's Traditiones Custodas, which is slowly trying to exterminate the TLM. And I say slowly because, well, I mean, it didn't just come out and say the TLM is hereby abolished. I mean, that would actually, that would take some chutzpah. But they're working it and they're putting all the plans in place and trying to make sure to excise the traditional Catholic faith from that thing that they're spinning as the Catholic faith today. And the idea being, he wants to be able to safely say, we're in schism. That we're not in communion with Holy Rome. Because if he can make the declaration, whether just or not, and clearly it would not be just, but if he can make the declaration, then he can abandon the traditional Catholic To the rest of the world. Because we won't even really be able to say that we're Catholic. Because Catholic will mean whatever pacha heifer thing that they decide to prop up in the Vatican. But it won't mean Catholic. Catholic. And I suppose we can just simply take heart in the fact that our Lord didn't call us Catholic. So we don't really have to hold on to the word, no matter how true it is. But you guys aren't even Catholic. You guys are a breakaway group. That's basically what what he's trying to do. Because if he can do that, then he can paint us as cultists, and the world can actually treat us like the Branch Davidians. I mean, it's not going to work out for them, because in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. But I think that's basically the plan. So while I do think it is necessary that we got to, you know, we definitely have to rise to the occasion to make sure to clarify any of the errors, particularly coming out of the mouth or from the pen of the Holy Father. Um, try to remember that to a degree, that's probably actually where he's trying to push us on purpose. I mean, let's put it like this. Let me put it like this. So I had a priest who great man. Um I don't know that I would necessarily call him a holy priest, but he was very, very smart. Very, very smart. And he had a superior uh, who was Irish, who was like super Irish. And I mean like the kind of Irish that gets really, really butt hurt whenever he would hear God save the queen. That kind of Irish. And in order to stick a finger, figuratively speaking, in the eye of this priest... He would actually pull in in his old jalopy blaring God Save the Queen on the radio because he knew that it would irritate his superior. Now, we're not the Pope's superior by any stretch of the imagination, but I was just ruminating over the fact that it's kind of the same thing. Father Bergoglio somewhere way back when, probably had, and in the Jesuit order, it's distinctively possible. Um, A lot of people like to forget that the Jesuits were not always psychopaths the way they are these days. Um, But it's distinctively possible that somewhere back in the day, Father Father Bergoglio probably actually had a superior who very much was along the same lines. I mean, he's certainly within the age range that right about, like he would have had a superior in the Jesuits, right, who, who probably was the same way. And it's probably the same glee that he gets in poking in poking his finger in the eyes of trads, constantly denying major aspects of the faith, or I should say, constantly by negative argument, sort of negating major doctrines and dogmas of the faith. <clears throat> And we're just playing into his hands. I think we should keep that in mind. Particularly as trads, because the Pope's going to Pope. It just seems to be what he does. And we need to pray for him. As much as we need to keep an eye out to make sure that we, you know, tamp down on the heresy. Pray for him. Pray for the bishops. This is Caleb, the mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Nominee said Et Spiritu Santi. Amen.